Hi, I'm Dave Swerdlick, a member of Ed North and founder of Uptown Podcast Studios and Story Cub Video Picture Books. This is the Ed North EdTech Podcast. Welcome to show number one. I'll give you an overview of the organization, and I've got a great interview lined up with fellow Ed North member Eric Nelson of Fan School. So let's get going. It is show number one of the Ed North EdTech Podcast. The vision of Ed North is that the Twin Cities region in Minnesota will become a national leader in providing innovative solutions for the education and training sectors. Ed North will do so by regularly bringing together educators, academics, entrepreneurs, investors, and education industry enthusiasts in order to create a collaborative, connected, and vibrant ecosystem where people across education and training disciplines can work together to discuss challenges, explore innovative strategies, and implement creative and effective solutions for the global opportunities in education and training. So I had an opportunity to sit down with fellow Ed North member, Eric Nelson. What a passionate guy. Let's learn about his company, Fan School. All right, we've got Eric Nelson from Fan School with us. Eric Nelson, a longtime member of Ed North. And by the way, you can go to ednorth.org. Eric, who, uh, who does that website, by the way? I I built the website. It's a it's a Wix website, uh, but we're utilizing it to more authentically connect uh, the people in the community and uh, make sort of the meetups uh, even more uh, connected offline. Well, it's a it's a great website. Check out ednorth dot org. And uh, I I had a feeling it was you. Uh, so uh, if you first of all, when did you uh, you know Ed North, uh, formerly known as Edge Accelerate North, Edge Accelerate North, and there was a name change now to Ed North. And uh, when did you first join or, or hook up with this organization? It's a what a, it's a great great uh, meetup group. Yeah, so the story of Fan School really coincides with the uh, rise of the Ed North community. Uh, so I used to be a, a high school social studies teacher and had this idea for a project to get my students more engaged in current events and news and, and found that the fantasy football model was actually the best content distribution and engagement mechanism in existence. And so started testing my idea on a Google site and, and manually with students, and it worked. And I wanted to... Uh, allow the other teachers at my school to use it. And I just didn't have a digital solution for that. And so I ended up uh, figuring out and discovering this thing called Startup Weekend EDU. And it just so happened to be the first one in the Midwest. And Edge Accelerate, uh, an organization, nonprofit, a national nonprofit, was putting that on. And uh, I drove down to Chicago, you know, pitched my idea. It ended up being the most popular idea. I figured out that you could automate the scoring, so uh, you could you could use APIs to machine read news and score points. And there was uh, definitely a tech solution that would be better for other teachers to use. And so um, that event was really the first time that the 
Edge Accelerate National Network was connecting with Steve Welvang, uh, who's who's was looking to do what MedTech did for the community here and building the community here for EdTech. There are lots of big EdTech players here and uh, lots of people with ideas uh, who are very aware of problems and, and think they can solve them. And so those two organizations got together. Uh, first became Edge Accelerate North uh, after that event. And then uh, we sort of uh, became big enough to become our own thing, and uh, that led to ednorth.org and also sort of the the business creation of Fan School into a, a much bigger platform than what I started with at Startup Weekend EDU. So uh, you, by going to Chicago and making some connections, that's where you discovered, hey, uh, you know what, there, there are people out there. Here's my problem. There are people here who have some solutions that... Maybe I wasn't thinking about, or obviously, I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's a lot more smarter tech guys out there than me that, that go, oh, you know what? Why, why don't you do this? It's like, oh. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the more I the more I uh, connected by showing up and showing out, uh, the more uh, people, especially in the education industry, started to say, have you talked to so and so or did you know about uh, or let me team you up with or um, I think I can help you with this. I mean, the community that surrounds the education technology industry um, and, and especially the, the teacher community that has really grown around fan school is one of collaboration and help and uh, teamwork and it's incredible and once you discover that like it's it's you can't uh, not want to be part of it you feel uh, you, you get a feeling I'm not alone absolutely right there you know and it, 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 a lot of it is who you know mm -hmm. and it may not be the end person who you know but there's someone you know who knows someone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and and that's a lot of what this is about it's about meeting other like-minded people that may have different skills or know different people that uh, ha may have a different angle on, yeah. on what you have. And of course, obviously learning and learning from successful companies and, you know, the ups and downs where, so, so f fan school in just like, what is, if someone's asked, what is fan school? What is fan school? Yeah. That's your, that's your company. Yep. What is fan school? Yeah. So have you heard of fantasy football? Yes, so I have. It's just like fantasy football. It's fairly, for, fairly popular from, yeah. from what the kids tell me. No, yeah. it's, it's just like fantasy football, but for academic content. So rather than drafting football players, you're drafting countries or states, and then uh, you're getting points for the number of times those countries or states are mentioned in the news and the tone of that news. So you can tell if good things are happening in the world, and you receive negative points if uh, bad things are happening in the world. So it gets students aware of what's happening, much like the education community. So those who have countries, let's just say... In the Middle East are quite active, uh, or uh, there's, or well, just about anywhere. I guess there's there's something going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't heard much come out of Ghana lately. Yeah. However, um, there's always there's always something amazing going on. So so they get these and how does it work yeah so uh you have a draft in class so a picture class of 25 to 30 students and they're, they're all uh using a world map that's projected on uh you know a teacher's a screen and they come up to the computer and click a country to draft it and once they draft that country it's off the board so you know if uh, if a classroom of 25 is drafting two or three countries each that's anywhere from 
50 to 75 countries that you're all learning about. And then they can trade countries, they can add or drop countries. So really interacting with geography and exploring news through curiosity rather than uh, me delivering it to them as the teacher. Do, do some countries hold, again, I know, do, do some countries hold more weight than others uh, because of the news? In other words, would I want to go get Iran, uh, for example, because they would be a good player on my fantasy my fantasy football type, you know, yep. kind of team. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some uh, very high ranking countries, just like there are high ranking uh, football players. Uh, China, ever since we started the game in my classroom, uh, we saw the pivot toward China and, and uh, China has consistently been a top uh, point scorer. France, Germany are top po point scorers and, uh, you know, bigger countries that are doing a lots of collaboration and whose history has sort of led them to positions of power. But what we're also seeing is, is when the U.S. Uh, news cycle goes negative around a country like Ukraine, for instance, uh, what we see happening is lots of uh, island countries that are collaborating that you might not know about, like Kiribati or uh, Djibouti, for instance, on the, which is strategically located for the U.S. military. Sure. On, you know, off, uh, on the, off. In the Pacific. Yep. Oh. Uh, so those countries start to, to pop into the top scorers because uh, we start to see more news that they're uh, working together, for instance, island countries working together to prevent climate change and also uh, collaborate with other economies around the world. So as I try and get a better understanding of this, uh, so do you have a ranking list that you put out? Yes. So uh, just like... Not, uh, not, not the t a teacher in a class. Uh, you, you're, you're like the or organization, right? Yep. Yep. So we do uh, like a top 50 projections from the fan school team. And so we sort of uh, look at look at the data, uh, you know, from the past 90 days and, and what we we see trending over time. And just like fantasy football or fantasy baseball does, you sort of rank uh, players and, and project make the batting average is down yeah, so exactly. or whatever the, yep. now the news is slowing or whatever it is is that the correlation like the news is slowing down so yeah, yeah, someone's that, not hitting as well yep, or, 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 or footballs or, Someone's not getting the yards that... Uh... Yep. Or, or for instance, you know, if you notice uh, Tonga, for instance, is having a lot of positive news, you can kind of project uh, that that's going to continue uh, if it happens over time. And similarly, right, if, if, if the conflict in Syria gets worse, uh, you can sort of reflect that in projections as well while continuing to keep students learning about places that might not have such great news. So uh, South Sudan, I don't know why all these countries are starting to pop yeah. in my head, not for good reasons, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, is good news good for a country? Does that bring it up too? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're scoring... Economy? Yeah, or? we're scoring tone, news tone as well. So picture a scale from 10 to negative 10. Positive points are levels of collaboration. So economic aid is at the top. You get more positive points for that. Genocide obviously is is negative scoring, but that's the, you know, sort of the, the worst. So you receive negative points if, if countries are doing that. And, and we get those scores by machine reading a lot of the world's open, legit news and putting it on what's called the Goldstein scale. Professor Goldstein came up with the scale for kind of scoring. Can news. I can I ask? What, what, okay, I was going to say, what's your news source? Because, uh, like it or not, there's the, there there really is some spin on uh, on just about it, just about everywhere. It doesn't matter what side of anything you're on. Yeah. So uh, we we work with uh, legitimate news sources that 
obviously cite all their sources and are mainly reporters. So the New York Times, for instance, we use their API. When we started, we tested uh, Reuters, New York Times, and Al Jazeera News just to see what the difference would be. And we realized that a lot of them had the same scores because a lot of their news was aggregated from AP, the Associated Press. Right, or Reuters or whatever. Yeah, sure. or, or Reuters. And, and one and, of the news services. Yeah, yeah, and so we chose the New York Times because they have a, they have a great learning network over there, and they um, are, are pretty good at um, getting students uh, to engage with the news and learn from it. And so that's why we chose I shouldn't be talking because we're here to learn about you, but I'll tell you, when news is happening... Uh, you know, something go. You know, something's going on in the UK. You know, boom! I'm watching BBC Live. I want to get a local perspective, yeah. uh, or, or France 24, which is an English-speaking. Um, 24-hour news network. When there's a hurricane going on, you know, coming into Florida, you know, I'm watching, uh, you know, the local station out of Miami, yep. uh, which you can get there, you know, I, I use Apple TV, I get their app for free, boom, you know, yep. all the flood stuff and cars stuck everywhere or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of things that play a role. Weather can play a role. For sure. Obviously affecting the economy, how much, is, how much you know, what, what they're going to, what the government is going to put in, what, yep. you know, everything. Um, so how long, when, do, when, so, so these kids are doing it and they're engaged because this is a, there's a competition. Yep. Um, number one, are there prizes or is that, is that up to the teacher or how does that work? So everything's kind of up to the teacher commissioner. They can uh, restart the game. They can reset scores anytime they want. They can use it however we want. We're seeing a lot of teachers uh, just authentically come up with awards for their students. So sure. uh, we've seen a lot of very big trophies, uh, some, you know, WWE belts uh, with, with <laughs> maps on them. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, just, just very, very cool stuff because what happens is this really cool learning culture develops around this fun game in their classroom. And, uh, you know, winners are, are always winners, but usually kids aren't aren't sad about it because they've all had fun doing it. And um, it's all been a learning experience. So so how many schools uh, is fan fan school in now right now? Yeah, so uh, we've bootstrapped into paying classrooms in every state. Wow. So there are hundreds of of paying classrooms that uh, use it regularly and, you know, sort of give us feedback. And and we're just super excited. There's, you know, users in different countries, Canada, for instance. uh, There's there's a school, a really cool school in uh, Fiji that's using it. Awesome. Um, You know, I'll hear stories about usually it's English teachers uh, abroad who are teaching. But I hear stories all the time about uh, cool use cases of it. That's uh, that's amazing. Do, now, do you guys send out certificates? Uh, you sign something and with a little seal on it? Uh... No, but we sh- we should. We ha- we have yeah. a little you know shop. So s- some of my students when I was teaching it came up with phrases. You know, like uh, if they made a good move on their team, they they said like kick in Djibouti, like the, the <laughs> country, or finish strong, like Finland, and so or Ghana win with Ghana. And so we've we've sort of made some T-shirts that stuff that that people can use to reward their students so so uh it's all current though you mentioned finland i'm thinking of the 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 winter war um uh with russia uh but so but we're talking current yes and that's what i think a lot of kids don't understand they will read about history and about well look at having a how but they some of them 
really don't grasp. There's, there's so much going on right now, yes. always, that is that, that kids are going to be looking back on Syria, for example, yes. are going to look back on and go, I can't believe that was happening during you know, that time. Yeah, that's really the cool thing we're seeing with fan school is that students are not only becoming more aware of what's happening, but they're learning to uh, sort of put it in historical context. So uh, a good teacher, uh, for instance, when I was using it, uh, we had a Cold War draft. And so ah, I, only, okay. I only let them them draft Cold War countries. And then, you know, when news popped up that showed some sort of legacy of, of the Cold War in those countries, you know, Afghanistan, for instance, the legacies of the Cold War happened daily there. It becomes a lot more real and a lot more relevant for them. Ru uh, nothing against Russia, but boy, uh, to have a country like that back out <laughs> is... That's history. I mean, that's pretty yeah. amazing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I—it's I, not about that, but I remember seeing. These, uh, I love documentaries and these Russian tanks coming, you know, along with their fuel to, to fuel everybody, and they're up above. Boom! Yeah, the rockets are hitting them, and and before you know it, they're out of Afghanistan, which is. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. When I started. Um, what I called it fantasy geopolitics in my classroom. And when I started it, it was uh, 2009 and the Arab Spring was just happening. So all these different countries were um, getting news and there was so much happening in them because this essentially this revolution was happening in this part of the world. And you really can't understand, for instance, that movement or the Gulf Wars without understanding things like uh, the war in Afghanistan over the Soviet Union in the 80s and the end of the Cold War. I mean, the Middle East goes through these hugely transformational periods and you can't you can't think about it in any other way than on a country by country basis. But it's really hard to learn about that taking one country at a time. You sort of have to, you know, figure out what's happening there and then try to figure out why it's happening. And so history teachers make it really relevant. So a lot of, well, not modern day, I guess, but uh, Germany seemed to play a role in the past hundred years. It's like a, be a good draft, perhaps, uh, depending yeah. on what you're going after. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Germany is a is a top top scorer, um, right? The uh, one of the few women prime ministers uh, in the world, and uh, letting some refugees in, yeah. and, and then of course going backwards, uh, everything that that has taken place. But there's so many. I mean, yeah, Sweden. Yeah. What? What's? Can I ask? Uh, what's a bad? Currently, what would be a bad draft? A bad draft. Um, Let's flip that or let's let's uh, flip that one around and yeah so yeah so like um, th this is sort of the where it gets most fun is if students sort of know how the game works and are prepared so they do teachers are really good about getting them to research and figure out what's happening in the world but if you don't know uh, which countries are powerful or you don't come in and um, you know you're not prepared you might you draft a, a country that where you came from so you know if, you're, uh, okay. if, you're, if your parents are from ireland or something that might be a great There's second pride, round pick right. you know but it's not a great first round pick or if a country has a funny name um for instance djibouti uh you sometimes get a ninth grader who who will draft uh, djibouti a little too early just because they're like oh that's an interesting country but we always hear 
from those students that uh, even though they realize that they didn't do so hot on the draft, they learn about those countries, uh, they become more aware of them. There's a bunch of research around this that shows that too. And so th this is why we gave teachers the ability to restart games, for instance. So if, if a lot of students in the class aren't prepared and, and you know, a couple are and they just sort of dominate, you can you reset the game just like any good game and do it again. Because maybe a teacher, perhaps, you know, sometimes it's new to them, too. Uh, at, at some point, you, maybe they don't explain it exactly correct. And then they get, you know what? Reset. We're going to reset. And, yeah. you know, and here's why. And let's, you know, but let's learn about, some, you know. It's a it's a strategic um, move. So when they learn about these countries, what so what do they need to do? In other words, I, I okay. Let's say I have a great draft in uh, fantasy football. I and I don't. I got to tell you, I don't. I don't know much about <laughs> fantasy football. I've got friends that are fanatics. Like, what are you doing this week? Don't even. I'm. I'm. I'm it's draft, and not, you're not gonna. Yeah. You're gonna. You're not gonna hear from me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, so. You know, they draft players and then they just kind of just sit back, don't they, and just see how they do? Yeah, I mean, a, a little bit. So the first thing is it's an engagement mechanism. So there's a bunch of research that, that essentially shows that competitive fandom emerges. When you you get in a league and you start drafting things, you become an owner, manager, player of that that content. So you automatically learn more about it. Uh, but also, like, the point of the game, as is with fantasy football, is whoever becomes most aware of what's happening adjusts their lineup accordingly and uses that information to sort of manage their team best, in our case, manage the school content best, usually wins or or stays competitive. Right. right so if, right. if you sit back, just like if you're in, in fantasy football and you're, uh, you know, you're not paying attention to the new star running back that's emerging on, you know, a certain team, when I won the... You know, championship, it was the Green Bay Packers had a star running back that sort of came out of nowhere. And I knew that and was able to pick him up first and sort of project that. That really helped my team in 2005. <laughs> did you uh, did you have some inside information on this or what's... Uh... Well, I, t uh, when I, I thought fantasy football was kind of a goofy idea until I started playing it. And then I realized like that maybe there was a strategy that would work. I won back-to-back -back Super Bowls, 2005, 2006, and it was because I I paid more attention and made a move, and it was related to a running back that sort of came out of nowhere and uh, propel, uh, propelled my team to win at the at the at the last the last couple of weeks same thing exists in the world so if there's an election coming up in in Mozambique that's that's an important one in that region and you know that and you can uh, pick up that country that can sort of boost your score so no credit goes to Brett Favre at all it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the running back is that what it is there, well, the defense didn't, didn't count the no, I'm kidding yeah okay. there's there's so many things that can happen but Absolutely. obviously you 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 did hit on something and i can see how this the whole idea of engaging students uh because it, you make it fun yeah uh and, and it, it transforms the the way the model works so again like fantasy sports fantasy football started in the 1960s wow uh and that, that was, you know, before technology even existed, uh, executives from the Oakland Raiders front office were like so fed up 
that uh, their team stunk. <laughs> they were like, what if we just have a, uh, an imaginary draft and we draft whichever whoever players we want? And so the the idea of this fantasy sports game is really an empowering one to say, if you don't feel like an owner or manager of, of something you're really a fan of, this is a way to do that. And, and we see that same thing happen. So just like, yeah. just like a, a player can get an injury, uh, a country can get an injury, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just thinking of an analogy like that, I mean... Something comes out of nowhere. There's a bombing, uh, yeah. or, or I don't mean, or there could be a great election and someone who wasn't supposed to, you know. Absolutely, weather, elections, um, so, geopolitics. So Hong Kong is is way up there right now. I'm guessing. Is that yes. is that how it works? Right? Uh, yes. So you okay. you can draft Hong Kong and you can draft. That's a well. That's, well, that's a Chine, Chinese territories. Wouldn't. If you did China, wouldn't that be the same as Hong Kong? Yeah, these I'm are kidding. excellent questions. So, so if, if China <laughs> was sure, here, they'd, sure say, they'd say they would. But we, and Taiwan. Yeah, but we've left a, <laughs> uh, intentionally left a couple of those examples uh, for students to sort of ask those questions and like, right. get curious about because that's that's how you learn about it. So, yeah, you can draft Hong Kong and, um, you know, you might draft in the same round as China. That's awesome. It, 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 I can see how we can get... First off, I love social studies. I love, I love anytime I see a globe. Yeah, I have to. I have to go see it and feel it, and you know the ones that have the mountains. Like, yeah, oh, love it's, it. it's just amazing. You love know, um, what what a great way to engage. So you started out. You you you've gotten to a point where you have paid customers. You're getting back into the business side now. Yes, um, you have paid customers switching now they were free right it was free at one time uh no it so wasn't it's, it's, okay uh, so you built been, it up yeah it's it's never been free a lot of a lot of people have that freemium model and you know give everything away and then hope they get a percentage right yeah i mean that works in a, a couple of instances but um my assumption was that i wanted to see if this was as valuable for other teachers as it was for me as quickly as possible, and uh, it's it's pretty simple to put up a paywall these days and, uh, and charge money for things people value. And so that was my way to test it out, and um, it 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 proved itself out enough to sort of think about how to get to the next business model. So as a, a startup, how did you get the word out? To teachers, how do you know? I mean, what do you knock? You go to a school and knock on all the doors. I mean, it, it's there's. Uh, how do you do that? Yeah, so I, I just started uh, telling people about it. So I was telling other teachers about it, um, and and they got excited, and so I kept doing that. And then uh, the the first inside inside your own school, right? Inside my own right, school okay. first, and then other schools, and then you know I went to Startup Week in ADU, and and they were like, oh, you should talk to these teachers, and and so I just I got out of the building and started talking to people. That was the first step, and then uh, what really helped is I launched a Kickstarter to build the first iteration of the platform, um, and and was successful there, and through that got some really great national press. So uh, the day after the Super Bowl, uh, uh, fantasy geopolitics, which is what it was called at the time, was right next to. A summary of Bruno Mars' Super Bowl halftime show on Mashable. Wow! And it was uh, that that became wow. sort of a. I could see the, you know, my Twitter when I woke up and pressed the notification. Right, I, I could see it go across the world, 
And um, that to me sort of, um, it kind of happened organically, but it, got, it showed me the power of uh, distribution through media. And so right. uh, I do a lot of communicating with teachers and uh, customers on places like Facebook and uh, Twitter. Twitters are, are, teachers are some of the most active uh, people on Twitter. They share tons of resources, help each other out. It's it's a pretty incredible. Um, so just through those channels where word of mouth really spreads. Now, also, uh, do you mostly work with um, individual teachers or uh, do you work with school districts? Yeah, a little of both. It's mostly been teachers because it's a social studies specific project. And so uh, organically, it's sort of grown with social studies teachers. But we're starting to um, cater more towards schools, especially when it comes to purchasing, because it's just easier to pay, you know, for six teachers with one invoice. Uh, but that started to happen organically. So teachers would come to me and say, hey, I've got three teachers here or four teachers here that that want to play. And then the next word is, can you give me a discount? <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes that happens. And, and uh, yeah, so the more you add on, you know, uh, the, the sort of the cheaper it gets for you. But yeah, we are uh, actively moving from direct to consumer to selling to schools because we've always had a price point where teachers would not want to pay out of pocket for it. It's very reasonably priced, but we don't want teachers. We want you always teachers hear, to get uh, schools to pay for stuff. And so it's always been that way. You always hear about teachers spending their own money on stuff and it, and it's just not right. You shouldn't. <laughs> it's it's yeah. uh, it's not right. And I, I'm, I'll be the first to say I don't think teachers are being paid en uh, enough. Uh, That's true, too. Um, uh, it's, no, no, I'll leave it at that. Uh, no. we're, we're scoring states, too, and we're seeing uh, states. Uh, teachers are, are uh, the Red for Ed movement is happening in, in states it's very similar to the Arab Spring. Uh, that People are calling it the Teacher Spring. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Yeah, I, I just know so many stories of uh, where cities, you know, you, you're going in to vote, and, and on there is, a, you know, a property tax increase yep. to, you know, to go to the schools. And I, I don't, I have no data in front of me, but it seems like it sure passes a whole lot more than it doesn't. Yeah. That people are, you know, they want, they, they, they want to, you know, children in their community have a great education. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, you know, the United States of America has one of the most well-funded education systems, but the data is not great around uh, simply uh, distributing money to schools and uh, measuring success. Uh, the best schools are organizing around that problem. And as a community sort of uh, getting better at their unit economics uh, to sort of understand what's the what's the big uh, funding strategy and then how can we uh, get teachers the things that they want sure and so we're we're actively trying to pursue that conversation we're not i'm not trying to sell the whole schools um, because I know the data says that even if you you know you buy a subscription for twenty five thousand dollars for this product, the data shows that eighty percent of teachers are not going to use it or or don't know how to or don't know how to and so there's yeah. lots of there's, there's a lots lot of, of things there but I'm trying to get solve the pain point of the the next teacher in the, in the most efficient way possible. I've spoken to to uh, to a lot of teachers who say you know we've got the next generation of smart boards in and. They're supposed to do all this stuff, and they put them in, and but we, we, 
we have no, we've given been given no training. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a lot of great, cool stuff, but you know, everything's got to go together. Anyway, let's talk about first off, you know, what's next for fan school? Because, uh, are you coming out with the home edition? So, uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody gave me a million dollars, this would, this would happen a lot faster, but, uh, we are really thinking about how we can uh, engage people in learning I'm serious. At, yeah, at home, I, I, but that's it got, sounds fun. Yeah, it's got to be mobile. So we've actually tested this around the Olympics and elections. We've uh, allowed people to, and you can, uh, you can run a league at home. And we've seen that during those events, kind of like the March Madness pools that develop during those events, uh, families and, and anybody is, is really loving it. Uh, but one of our dreams is to sort of go mobile and have some more uh, mobile friendly, friendly first games. It's, it's a web app, right? now sort of designed for classrooms but that's that's on the list is to kind of bring it to everybody because i think uh especially even like elderly people who uh who still uh, read something that's called a newspaper so there are you know perhaps gives them a disadvantage they're reading yesterday's news but uh um but but they know so much about the world they've you know they may have been in a war they may have been you know all, all these different countries they have some experience that that oh you know what i want singapore you know because yeah. of whatever it is it sounds like something that um uh let me just put it on the other side like even early onset dementia some it's just engaging it seems like engaging if if that person is engaged and they have lived a life and do know these countries yeah, on the other side so yeah uh, sure i mean we're we're sort of you know the the if you think about the history of media um we we don't have a good way to really follow current events right all you had was radio before and then it went to you know newspaper was before radio and then after radio came television and now you can't even find the nightly news on tv and a lot of household habits developed around those things so if you know somebody who reads the paper odds are good they read the paper every morning or it becomes part of their habits and with the rise of social media and the explosion of that like students are just getting bombarded with all kinds of different sources of information they don't know what's relevant and so the fantasy football model is really the best content distribution and engagement mechanism in existence. So you could be a news service and uh, you could end up being uh, the, a news service in a sense because you're ranking st stories and it could almost be, uh, and of course the, the, the news cycle is not daily. It's not, it's, yeah. it's not, it's, you know, it happens so fast. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying, we're trying to take the world's data and, and make it understandable. So if you can, if you can take the world's open data and make it as understandable as batting average, for instance, as a metric, that's a good uh, storytelling item around all of the data that exists. We've had this explosion of data, but no one's doing really any good storytelling around it other than maps and and sort of uh, stationary things that uh, that aren't you know programmatic or, or platform based and so that's what really focused on and the fantasy sports industry has done a, a, a really cool job of uh, taking that data making it understandable for players and then um, using it to engage well I'll tell you what I just I'll just mention this personally uh, as a uh, I I love news okay in general and I like to follow it uh, and it's become so convenient because I tend to work late. And when I, when I get back to, to, to my place, I know that I can watch the PBS news hour 
on demand, mm -hmm. okay, that was recorded three hours ago, mm -hmm. okay? So I know it's, it's fresh, and I, and I can watch it. Like, I can start it at, I don't have to wait for the top of the hour. Yep. <laughs> I don't have to wait for the bottom of the hour. Yep. Uh, it's pretty amazing how, you know, first off, how much competition is out there mm -hmm. and, and whatever. So if I just think that if I knew all of a sudden, if I looked at your daily rankings and I go, boom, huh, I, you know what, I'm going to search news stories about yeah. whatever uh, because of a competition that I may be involved yeah. in. So I mean, I mean, I think it there's makes incentive whatever, to learn. Yeah. Whatever you're watching, all of a sudden you start to write a story. If you have Hong Kong or you know somebody who has Hong Kong and a story comes up on PBS NewsHour about Hong Kong, you're going to be uh, a little more engaged in, in listening to that. Or if a country is mentioned, right, and you're, you know how the game works and you, and you want to do better, you kind of tune into, oh, who has that country? Can you, can you, can you just hear a, you know, a, a kid, you know, Dad, quiet, they're talking about Hong Kong. <laughs> Right. We we actually hear that a lot from teachers uh, who, you know, a parent just came in. A teacher was telling me about this for parent-teacher conferences, and the, their student told them they had to draft a home league because awesome. they, they wanted to watch more news. That's awesome. That, that's, that's that's truly, that, that's amazing. That's cool. That's cool. So, uh, just to, again, talking out loud, uh, ha, have you ever done a competition of winners from s different schools in kind of, you know, like uh, the big Jeopardy game or whatever it is, or the, you know, bring back, you know, take take all these winners and do a tournament sometime? Yeah, tournament? not not yet. Um, we, we do, we've done some national contests around uh, elections and Olympics. Sure. Uh, but that's, that's a great idea i mean it's uh something that we we are you know thinking about doing but it's uh, live stream it yeah. and, and, and people and kids in schools can watch yeah. their their you know their friend you do or whatever or you or you they could do it from their schools yep, even yep. you know and uh, yeah the next generation of fan school we're, we're real, really thinking about based on uh some cool things teachers are doing in places like kansas and and elsewhere in places like wisconsin but we're really thinking about how to use our same systems maps leaderboards to really recognize student actions and um, get students to become aware of what each other are doing and learn from learn positive things from each other and also like upvote that so yeah um, if you go to your school board meeting and you learn something or you learn uh, you know how to engage civically you should be able to document that put it on a map you know tag your school in it and uh, I should be able to kind of go in as a teacher and say yeah you authentically participated there cool you're gonna get a little uh, Civic Olympics uh, medal and um, we're gonna recognize that so I don't know if I did I ask this or what what, what is next what is yep. next what's what's next on for fan school I yep. mean you, you have this great infrastructure that's growing yep um, and so there are people who have never been involved in this obviously that are you know and the nice thing about it there are always new students coming along aren't there right students move along to the next grade but there's always Always learners. There are always sure. there's always an audience for your content and for yes. your program. Right? Yes. So yeah, so we're expanding the science games. Uh, so there's lots of data that exists. Cool new science data. Uh, the eBird database from Cornell University is one that tracks birds. Uh, iNaturalist does great stuff with animals, and uh, we've recently been contacted by the developer of Fantasy Birding, which is uh, like Pokemon Go for uh, 
birds digitally, wow. and it's it's really cool maps. You're learning about geography and ecosystems and animals, and so uh, we're working on on science games with the science data that exists, periodic table, animals, birds. You know, we could do a monarch migration madness event because uh, people are tracking. You they're, know, are they tagging where, tagging animals and tagging animals? And, uh, yeah, GPS the whole. I mean, you, you, data, it's um, it's not just where we think they are. We know exactly. Yeah, and so you can you can run a prediction contest on where the monarchs are going to land or how long it's going to take them to get there and learn about ecosystems and migrations and and any sort of thing related to biology or your science classes uh, in existence. And so, obviously, global warming would probably play a big plays a big role in absolutely yeah. In that. So we've, we've talked about uh, you know predicting tides or you know uh, predicting weather uh, stuff like that. How many hurricanes? You know, where's it? What's what's you know? When's the next earthquake and where? Uh, yeah, it's unlimited. Unlimited, and there's so much data that exists uh, that you know we're gonna have to figure out uh, sort of the most compelling uh, sources of that data, and then uh, we're putting together those games. So earthquakes, for example, obviously, uh, you know where the lines are. We know we at least. I mean, there's a lot of data yeah. just on that alone. Yep. Um, uh, when we're all going to just... <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not that, but, uh, but, but yeah, re really like like citizen scientists, right? We're, we're uh, trying to get students engaged in, in the uh, communities that already exist and the data that already gets produced. Kind of like the weather watchers yes. out there, yep. you know? That's awesome. So as a startup, um, do you have a... I, I think everyone, well... There's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And do you have any advice? Is there, is there a takeaway? If there's one thing that you could say to someone who is, you know, is involved in, in, in education and, and, and startup and uh, um, let, let's be even more a little tighter that wants to work with schools, you know, how what, what do you have any advice? Yeah, I mean, uh, lots. And it, a lot of it has come through. Uh, my own learning, but it's, you know, talk to customers. Uh, keyword there is customer. So, uh, you know, the people who are valuing your service, you should, with money, you should listen to them and what they're saying and uh, develop for them uh, with keeping your, your mission and vision in mind. And then also, um, you know, I don't know how to how to describe uh, once you've established some sort of value, right? So you have problem solution fit, um, and it's not just like a cool project that you're really passionate about that you're working on. So so thinking about uh, what's next and is it sustainable and is it uh, scalable, especially in a market like education technology where the business model is really selling to schools, and so can you? Um, you know, keep something around, something good around for a long time by figuring out a business model of both doing well and doing good. And so that's that's a process. <laughs> a because process. you started this when you were a teacher and then you uh, at one time you came to the decision where if I'm going to make this work, I need this needs to be my focus. Yes. And you made the bold move. And I, not saying wrong, I'm saying you mean of leaving a, a full time job, right? Yeah. So uh, it it was it was making enough uh, money to sort of think about doing that, but it was still very risky. Um, and also, I was very involved in my school and loved it, and still uh, love them. But I I I had to sort of decide. 
because you can't do two things very well and put a hundred percent of your effort into two things. So for me, it was it was really like not only a personal decision, right? I'm <laughs> I'm I'm paying myself less oftentimes than sure. I was as a teacher when I started, uh, but I had to make the decision uh, which of the things am I going to focus on, and I didn't want to shortchange my students. And so, you know, uh, my school was great enough and we had a, a, a good enough community to kind of plan for that. And, uh, you know, I still work with them and, and talk with them and, and keep in touch with what's happening there. I'm still uh, very well connected. You're very engaged still with, inside the school, which is great. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, there comes a point where, where you have to uh, either take a risk or not. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it looks like it's it's doing well for you right now. And congratulations. Thank you. Um, and let's just full real quick come back full circle and talk about uh, Ed North, uh, which is the education technology meetup group in in uh, the Twin Cities in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, the United States. Um, this this is going to be in over two hundred countries. So cool. Um, we uh, love Minnesota. You know, well, you have to explain. We are in the United States. We've got Canada to our north. We've got uh, North and South Dakota to our west. We've got Iowa to the south and Wisconsin to our, our east. And, and now you have a, a little reference. You can look at a map and better identify where we are. Yeah. Um, there's so much breaking out of here. And um, and you're, you're, you're one of the success stories, you know? And, and your journey is... is it's begun, but it's still it's still going. For sure, I think There's I think so my much journey more. Yeah, is is reflective of the community. So, so how do you help uh, people figure out who they are, you know, uh, what they want and and what they want to become? And I think the the communities in the Midwest uh, are especially good at that, uh, especially from a family background and also like a you know a business community background. And so that's what's really cool about the people around here is uh, you can ask for help and uh, usually get a response and, and some very helpful tips. That's, you know what? You can't ask for more. You can't. You can't. So Eric Nelson from Fan School, uh, I'm going to have to uh, brush up on my countries <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wait for the home edition uh, or some type of, you know, how, uh, like, uh, w what's the quiz app, uh, quiz up, you know, where you oh, can, yeah. you know, so maybe a fan school, you know, kind of quiz up style so I can go up against people around the world. Sure. Yeah. Fan school podcast too, you know, you what, know? what countries oh, yeah. to watch for next week. Absolutely. And, uh, a lot of people, uh, in, who want to learn English, listen to podcasts. Yep. And, uh, so this is a good one to not just that, but pick up ideas and yeah, it's right. really interesting so yeah. uh thanks for joining us eric nelson he is uh the uh, as far as i'm concerned sorry steve yeah he runs uh ed north no uh you you, you do a lot <laughs> you do you do and, and i think everyone thanks you for everything that you've you've done to help um move this along move this transition along for the this you know forward and forward and um it's amazing when you have uh, companies like you know Amazon or uh, like three, so many I don't know uh, 
Yeah, uh, I mean, sponsor, yeah. sponsor these events, sponsor yeah. events. Community building takes time. Uh, Steve did that real authentic work, you know, f- for the first couple of years. And so we're, we're just trying to figure out how to, you know, make those connections a little faster. And not, not trying to struggle, but one of, one of the nicest, <laughs> most generous pe- purple, uh, people I've, I've, person I've, I've ever met ever met so yeah. um well thanks for joining us eric now check out fans how can how can if people just want to check you out is there a website Where yes fanschool.org that's easy yeah fanschool.org <laughs> um and i was gonna end it right here but i'm always how'd you how long did it come up how long did it take you to get fan school the name fan school uh, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, what was happening right. was, was the sports metaphor. You know, students becoming players, owners, managers. So, how can we turn students into fans of school? Fan school. And then you went to see if the domain was available. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little tougher, but but yeah. Eric Nelson. <laughs> Eric Nelson from Fan School. Go check it out. Fanschool.org, and definitely check out ednorth.org. Uh, and learn about all of uh, the upcoming events. And, uh, you know, I don't know about yourself. I, I just popped into one not knowing a single person yeah. and uh, gained so much knowledge and, and uh, friendship and everything. So, yeah, community is great. So thanks again, Eric. And Eric Nelson from Fan School. Thanks here. for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for listening to show number one of the Ed North EdTech podcast. We've got a lot of great interviews coming up on future shows, so make sure you subscribe and never miss out. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon on the next Ed North EdTech podcast.